Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. At this point, it's become exhausting. At this point, it's become a whirlwind. And as we continue to look at the situation between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, I ask myself two questions. One, are we going to go through this all over again? And two, why? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, you guys can hang out with us. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You can also watch us in the ESPN app because we're too pretty to just be on radio. And uh, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, I can't believe it. I I, I can't. I just can't believe we are doing this again. It Uh feels like the annual tradition of listening to Aaron Rodgers speak and then dissecting every single word of it. So... I'm going to let you hear it before either of us go up to the pulpit here and go off. I want you to hear what Aaron Rodgers, Packers quarterback, said on the Pat McAfee show yesterday about whether or not he believes he can be an MVP again. I think I can win MVP again in the right situation. Right situation? Is that Green Bay or is that somewhere else? I'm not sure. But I don't think you should shut down any, you know, opportunity. Like I said, during the season, it's got to be both sides actually wanting, you know, to work together moving forward. Uh, I think there's, you know, more conversations to be had. I'm dumbfounded, Harry. I'm dumbfounded. We're doing this again. Okay, here we go. And I'm going to try to keep my composure because, you know, when we talk about Aaron Rodgers and, you know, his his actions, his words, and how he slick talks here and there, I can get bothered at times, Fit. So the first thing that bothered me about, you know, that piece that I just heard is that Aaron Rodgers, you have won three MVPs. At what point is the individual Aaron Rodgers going to substitute for the team of the Green Bay Packers that he's playing on? At what point is Aaron Rodgers going to say, you know what? I've won enough MVP awards in my life. I want to win another Super Bowl. I want Super Bowl number two because that could alter my legacy. At what point is Aaron Rodgers going to say that? And I, I, I get it, but I don't get it. Because I understand Aaron Rodgers in 2005, you were the 24th overall draft pick to Green Bay, the franchise that actually took a chance on you when everyone else passed on you. That's number one. I get it. And I don't know if he's upset with our very own and our colleague and a, and a, a good friend of mine and Marcus Spears because he was draft 20th to the Dallas Cowboys before <laughs> him. Is he mad at Alex Smith still because the San Francisco 49ers took him first overall? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But for some odd and apparent reason, Aaron Rodgers feels like he needs all the attention. He's like the youngest child, right? You got a family of uh, a, a married couple, right? And they have three or four kids. You know, the youngest child is the one that just just do just does things to get attention. It needs attention at all given times, Fitz. That's Aaron Rodgers to me. But it's hard for me to to to, to grasp that because he he is a guy with elite arm talent. He plays a quarterback position in a way that not many people can play it. He's won three MVPs. He's had a Super Bowl win. So why does he still think he needs all this attention? But at some point, Aaron Rodgers, the individual, has to come second to the team of the Green Bay Packers. Who cares about you winning the MVP again? Who cares? The, the, the years he won MVPs, did they win the Super Bowl? No. Did they make a Super Bowl? No. So why do we give a damn if Aaron Rodgers wins another MVP? 
Because is that the story that's going to change his legacy? Winning another MVP? The hard part about this, Harry, is, is I don't think this is about resolution. This is about attention. You mentioned it. I am a younger brother. I know what it's like to be out there and say, like, hey, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. Everything Aaron Rodgers does is about I want to create conversation. And the funny thing is then he turns around and complains about the conversation that he's created. you got a <laughs> national platform. Everybody listens to every word you say, and you could choose to make things simple. But instead, Aaron Rodgers chooses to make everything difficult. Instead, Aaron Rodgers turns out like he wants to be this smart, oh boy, I've really thought this out. You're going to have to follow me on this journey. It is so easy for him to sit there with Pat and say, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want to do. But when you start making it wildly complicated, you're not trying to resolve anything. You're basically a chatty Cathy doll sitting there saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm done. I'm just done with this. I add this to it, though. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, did they mess up? Yes, they messed up, right? They drafted Jordan Love when Aaron Rodgers still had a lot of years left of playing great football. Okay, we get it. They've apologized for that. They've tried to tailor towards a lot of your needs. They've done that. So don't play the victim every year and make it seem like the Green Bay Packers don't want you. Clearly, they have taken steps to show you that they want you there as their quarterback. Now, that's after they made a mistake, but who doesn't make mistakes? In relationships, people make mistakes all the time, right? And, forgive and, and forget. And you, also, even if you don't want to forget, forgive. I, I mean, he forgave enough to take huge money. Like yes, he, did. he decided he was comfortable moving forward with the organization when he took massive money. And this is that moment where I know, you know, I, I get stuck too much in logistics. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. But the opportunity <laughs> for the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers is incredibly difficult. They would have to take a wild dead cap hit for the next couple of years. They'd have to do it after June 1st in order to make all of that happen because it's too much to take on in one year. There's all these financial complications with it. Financial complications that were created when he took the contract that they gave him as a Mia culprit. They were like, my bad, sorry, and he signed that contract. Now he's coming in a year later saying, well, Ooh. you know, I just, I'm not really sure. Okay, cool. Like, you can't can't make Aaron Rodgers love you back if you're the Packers. At some point, we'll go back to the analogy yep. we made yesterday we You go. know, with dating. Yep. At some point, you just look around and you're like, man, you are not hot enough for the amount of high maintenance you're giving me. Like, what's the point if well, you're the bro, Packers? I'm not going through From the Green Bay this. Packers standpoint, and I understand a lot of people talk about the money and the dead cap situation, and I'm going to bring up a few teams, and uh, I think my numbers are correct. You look at the Seattle Seahawks and, you know, what they had to endure when they gave up Russell, when they traded Russell Wilson to, you know, the Denver Broncos yep. and how they were able to recover this season. You look at the Atlanta Falcons and the dead cap that they had to hit, uh, eat this year, you know, sending Matt Ryan where he wanted to go and the money from Julio and other free agents, I mean, other guys that they had on their team, uh, the money that they, they brought in as well. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles with Carson Wentz, when they traded Carson Wentz, right, the money that they had to eat. Those are three organizations right there I just gave you examples of. It's okay to start over. And is it really starting over? Or are you building towards your team being, being better? Uh, you, you make a great point. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You make a great point about starting over. I'm also looking at every other organization. And look, I'm not stupid, contrary to popular belief. I know there's mm-hmm. plenty of teams that would get out there and want some Aaron Rodgers. I'm just asking you, like, why you'd want in on this drama? Because this is obviously an annual tradition. Like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. This is the third time we're going mm, through this mm, when mm. it comes to this offseason oh, conversation. Man, it's like, like a relationship, man. When you know you have one person in the relationship that is, 
you know, steady but made one single mistake, but then you have the other person after they made that mistake want to drag them in the mud continuously over and over again to the point to where the person who made the one mistake, which happened to be the Green Bay Packers when they drafted Jordan Love. Now, at the time, I thought it was a mistake because Aaron Rodgers felt some type of way and he still had a lot of years left. But my goodness, at what point are you going to move on and say, you know what, I'm going to be committed to this organization because they made all the proper steps and they have showed me that they want me as their quarterback. Now I got to do my part. Take your ass to OTAs, Aaron Rodgers, so you can be in these playoffs right about now. One of the phrases we hear a lot from people, especially from the youngest generation that's rising right now, is know your worth. And I get that Aaron Rodgers knows his worth right now. I got no problem with that. Fine. He knows his worth. The Packers need to know their worth in this conversation, too. Mm -hmm. And at this point, the Packers have gone past the point of desperate and straight to the point of thirsty. And there has to be a limit where you look around and say, man, we said sorry. We gave you money that was absolutely unparalleled. We have done everything you've asked us to do. And if you're going to take us through this again, one of two solutions from Green Bay standpoint— you just stand your ground and say no. There you go. You stand, stand your ground your and ground. say nope. You you know what? You got a contract. You don't want to play here. I don't care. We've already allocated the money, so forget it. That's option one. Or option two is you move on. But there is no option three where you keep doing this slow. This is like the most awkward year slow dance in history. Year after year after year, we got to deal with. Oh, you know, you know, if if they want me back, and you know, I can win an MVP. What about, you know what, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be there in the offseason. Might not be every day, but I'm going to be there uh, majority of the time so I can build this rapport and build these relationships with these young guys that are coming up on this football team so I can be around and they can see my face and their energy is different. How about that? I'm going to be more committed to the team. Right now, he's committed to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers only, and that's why Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl, which happened to be in 2010. Can I, can I just say loudly, I don't know that there's many shows that are more pro-player than you and I are. We're always a fan of going out and getting oh, yours, right? Former player, bro. You, right. know I'm a rock for the, you know I'm a rock for players. We are for, you know that. We are pro-player. So when I say that, I also need everybody to hear. Aaron Rodgers, at this point, is telling the Packers, show me how much you love me. At some point, isn't it fair for the Packers to turn around and say, dude, show us how much you love us back. That's mm. all I'm uh, – and you guys can chime in on this. We want you guys to give us your Aaron Rodgers thoughts. We're going to make this a community today. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, 888-729-3776. You guys can chime in on uh, Aaron Rodgers. Plus, how much will one injury hurt a Super Bowl contender? We'll talk about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I think we're kind of back to where we were. You laid out the three options and said either he returns, he retires, or he wants to be traded. I think of those three, the least likely is him returning. Now, I say that, and I also know that two years ago, he felt even stronger about leaving the organization that he does now. So, these things change. That's Adam Schefter this morning on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy on ESPN Milwaukee, ESPN Wisconsin. Always great work from them, friends of the show. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. 
Somebody tweeted and said, if you guys are tired of the Aaron Rodgers stuff, then just stop talking about it. Here's the thing. Like, oh, that's not how it works, n- though. Number one, like, I just want everybody to know, like, you know, think they do track ratings. Like, if, if, if it turned out that nobody was interested in Aaron Rodgers, gladly, I would never talk about this again. But it turns out when we track this stuff on TV and radio, everybody's interested in Aaron Rodgers. So... I love the concept, but yeah, like don't hate the player, hate the game. That's all I'm saying. We're getting yeah, your he, thoughts. He, I mean, he happens to be very good at his job too now. So I mean, it's not like he's he's some guy, some chip off the old block playing the quarterback yeah. position. It is a little bit uh, difficult to just simply ignore a multi-time MVP in the NFL at the quarterback position, particularly. I'm just saying, triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. I do think. We got a little context there from Shefty. Just a reminder, it wasn't that long ago everybody said, oh, there's no way he's coming back to the backers. He's not happy at all. And he's still there, so I don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Jeremy in Louisiana calling in on the show. Jeremy, thanks for hanging out with us on the show. We appreciate you. What you got, man? What's your take? Uh, My take is, I think, honestly, if I was the Packers, I would probably go ahead and trade him, man. Because you wasted him, gave him his big contract. I do get that, you know, he's came back before he's multi-time MVP winner. But I just think with drafting Jordan Love, you kind of put yourself in a position there. Are you going to give this guy the the, front, the tag? Are you going to give him that option year, the fifth year's deal? Are you going to pay two QBs that amount of money? Yeah, I mean, that gets difficult. It gets difficult to figure out how to pay everybody, and they don't have an enviable cap situation anyway. So, you know, maybe they do trade him, but if they trade him, the cap hit on trading him is absolutely massive. Like, you, when you trade for somebody, it forces a escalator on the cap hit. So if they trade him after June 1st, I think it's about $32 million. If they trade him before June 1st, it would be $60 million. So actually, trading him isn't that much relief versus where they are right now with him. So it's difficult because if they trade him after June 1st, they have to carry about $30 million this year and $30 million next year. So, well, Harry, well, like it here, gets complicated. But here, here's my thing, though. You, you got a guy in Jordan Love who you drafted in the first round, right? Yeah. 2020, he didn't play. 2021, you're not going to get to see what he was. 2022. So this is going to go on, if you keep Aaron Rodgers, this will be the fourth year that Jordan Love, a guy that you drafted in the first round, is not going to get – you know, valuable reps at the quarterback position because Aaron Rodgers is there. Now, I will say this. It's not like we're talking about a guy that's a chip off the old block. I just mentioned that. We are talking about a guy, Aaron Rodgers, who could throw the football as good as anybody in the National Football League. Um, he's a guy, when I played the game, that I always want to play with. If I could choose anybody I want to play with from that position, it would be Aaron Rodgers just because the way he delivers the football, the ball placement, he can throw 50, 60 yards on a dime, rolling the opposite way. He can do a lot of things on the football field not many people can do. With that being said, are the Green Bay Packers willing to take the baggage that comes with Aaron Rodgers year in and year out? And I also had somebody tweet me and say the, you know, the, the, the Packers haven't done right by Aaron Rodgers uh, on the receiver situation because A.J. Brown was available and they talk about Brandon Cooks. Well, let, let's just say this. Let's get out of the narrative that Aaron Rodgers never had receivers, okay? Because I remember playing in my rookie year, and he had Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, uh, multiple guys. And then he had James Jones, and then you've seen Randall Cobb come. But when the Packers have young guys like a Romeo Dobbs, like a Christian Watson, and you you have an Alan Lazard, why not be there in the offseason so you can build – with those young guys so y'all can be better when the season door does start versus 
getting there at training camp and trying to build it that way throughout the season. Well, also, Devontae Adams and multiple sources made it clear that the Packers offered Devontae more money than the Raiders did before that trade. Part of the reason he took the trade was because Mm. Aaron Rodgers couldn't make him any assurances as to what he wanted to do long-term, so he wanted to go somewhere else. Whatever their problem was without Devontae... You know the song by Bruno Mars? I'm going to leave the door open. He left the door open, and Devontae Adams... Vamped. Yeah, so we can't. can't, That's for the culture. So vamp means he left. We can't blame the Packers for that. Like that. That sits at Aaron Rodgers. Also, I think it's complicated on the trade situation. I just pulled it up. I've got over the cap up right now. If they were to trade before June first, Aaron Rodgers, the dead cap hit this year before June first will be ninety eight million. Right, like that's obviously not going to happen. So they would have to trade him post June first when it becomes thirty million dollars. Like th- this is just wildly complicated to just assign him so somewhere. What, else. What, would it, what would it be next year if they were to trade him? Let me pull this back up. Uh, next year in twenty twenty four, trade him before June first to be a sixty eight million dollar cap uh, cap hit. Afterwards, it'd be a twenty two million dollar cap hit. So. There's no easy way for them to get around. Like, it's just the the logistics are very, very difficult. And that's part of the complication. If Aaron Rodgers also gets complicated, frankly, if Aaron Rodgers uh, decides to retire, right? Like, these are all things that they have to factor in. Dana in Richmond, thanks for calling us, Dana. What are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? You know, what I have done besides the MVP, but MVP is going to get you Super Bowls. Y'all hope y'all play for Super Bowls. Y'all everybody talk about how good he throw the football, yeah, that, 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 but it still ain't get him a Super Bowl. When the last time he threw for 300 yards, only thing Aaron Rodgers do consistently well is act like a diva. He act like a female. <laughs> Go check Manatee Show and act like Mariah Curry. Wah, 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 wah. Come on, man. I love the Mariah Carey uh, example here. Uh, and by the way, I, I mean, I think it is fair for anyone that wants to talk about the wide receiver issue. I get it. But look at the numbers this year. His completion he has percentage. has thrown for over 300 yards in any game this season. His completion percentage is down. His yards for the season is down. His touchdowns were 37 last year, 48 the year before, 26 this year. His interceptions, 4, 5, and 4 the last three years, 12 this year. Like, Aaron Rodgers did not play as well. Now everybody's going to say it's because of the wide receiver. But again, like, at some point Whoa. that you have to take some of that blame. Whoa, whoa. People are going to say it's because of the wide receivers. Wow. How about you be there with them? <laughs> How about you be there with them? I, I mean, because I, I know uh, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, I know he's there with his wide receivers. I know he's there. I know he's committed. But see, Tom Brady is not engulfed in, let me win another MVP. The conversation behind Tom Brady has always been, is he going to win another Super Bowl this year? Is he going to win another Super Bowl this year? With Aaron Rodgers, his mindset, oh, I think I can win another MVP this season. Gene and Scranton, let's get Gene in here too. Gene, what you got? Thanks for calling us about Aaron Rodgers. What's your take? Oh my God, I'm so sick and tired of hearing about Aaron Rodgers. And 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 that last caller was right on the money. MVPs don't win you nothing. Super Bowls win you something. And uh, I, I do have to say, Tom Brady should have had the MVP uh, two years ago when he won the Super Bowl instead of Aaron Rodgers. It's it's. It's uh, uh, I'm so over Aaron Rodgers. I can't wait till he's out of the league. 
Uh, and look, uh, Gene, thanks for the call. Very definitive. People are turning on Aaron Rodgers the way they yeah. did at the end of Brett Favre. Like when everybody got tired of it. I'm not talking about Brett Favre today. By the way, let me be very clear before anybody tweets me. At the end of Brett Favre's career when he wasn't the person that we now know him to be in the current situation, boy, there were a lot of people that, that loved Brett Favre until finally it was like, man, this is just too much, right? Like they're, they're, it reached a, a boiling over point where it was like, I just – I can't figure it out anymore, you know. So I, I think that's where we are right now. Harry, have any? Harry had no thoughts on that. Harry, Harry, Harry you got nothing I'm, on that. I'm done with a Rod. Okay, we're done with a Rod. Uh, obviously, we got to keep breaking down injuries. Triple Eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. You can absolutely uh, chime in on Aaron Rodgers. The the craziest thing about what we saw last weekend was the missed extra points. Let's be real. We're still talking about it. And it mm-hmm. turns out there was a rule tweak right before the end of the season that now has conspiracy theorists believing it was the cause of all of it. We are going to ask an expert not only what happened, but how to fix it. Somebody that knows better than anybody next on ESPN Radio, Fitz and Harry, also on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Here's the snap. It's good. The extra point kick is up. It kicked off the right upright and went out. My goodness. That's 105.3, the fan on the call there. We all remember the moment over the weekend. A virtually almost flawless game by the Cowboys. There was one large flaw, though. we got to break it down. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, if you're watching us in the ESPN app, the one doing the little uh, shoulder shimmy right now in case anybody <laughs> thought I was the former NFL player. You know, I'd just like to make sure everybody knows, uh, you know, I'm not the former NFL player. Uh, Harry Douglas is. So, uh, HD, I figure I always come to you for expertise when it comes to wide receivers and offenses and, frankly, everything in the NFL. We could use some help figuring out what happened and what's going to happen in the kicking game. And to do that, four-time Super Bowl champion Adam Vinatieri joining us right now. Adam's training Gronk for a $10 million kick. We've all seen the ads like 10 million times uh, for FanDuel during the Super Bowl. We'll get to that in a minute, Adam. But I got to start with what we all saw over the weekend because we knew you were coming on. We had this in our brains. Brett Maher misses four extra points against the Bucks. How do you recover from that mentally? Yeah, that's a tough. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. Uh, appreciate being here. Uh, yeah, that's a. It's a tough day for him, boy. It's, uh, I, you know, missing a kick. You're already kind of beating yourself up just missing one, and then, unfortunately, I think uh, you know he pushes a second one right, and then it's just a, then it's just a mind thing at that point. You know, you're you're trying to do so much, and you're you're you, obviously he knows how to kick very well. He's done a million times, and then. You know, you step out there and you're overthinking it. And at the end of the day, you know, us kickers, you know, physically it's not as demanding. It's probably more mental than than anything. But for for him, you know, I think the mental side got a little bit more, you know, as as that's going on. You know, the third time he steps out there, he's like, hell or high water, I'm not missing this sucker right. And then he pulls it left, you know, and then and then you just can't find it, you know, so. It was it was a tough day for him. I don't know. I, I I don't think I've ever missed four in a game, but I've missed multiple kicks, and and that's one of those things. Like, my goodness, you don't know why you're not kicking it straight, and everybody's making it worse by talking about it. And you, for him, he's probably just excited to 
be able to get out there again next week and and get on the field and hopefully make you know thankfully for him he made his last kick so maybe he's thinking more about that and just moving forward but uh, yeah tough day thank goodness for for the Cowboys they were they were playing so well and doing so you know it, it never came down to being a a big factor in the game other than you know geez you know what's going on but Dallas played so well it didn't make a difference in the outcome which is good for them so let me educate me a little on this because league officials told uh, league the league I should say told officials to watch uh, for holders on field goals and extra points because they've seen evidence of holders breaking the rules by placing the ball on a foreign object. Uh, so some people are running with, this was the big difference. W- what 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 do you make of this rule change and how it could have impacted anything? Well, that's, you know, uh, that's surprising to me. I mean, we never, ever had that op- opportunity. I know when we play on grass, my holders and myself, we always would try to find, quote, unquote, the high ground, you know, put the ball don't put it in the hole. Don't put it in a divot because it's hard to get that ball out of that. I guess, you know, to correlate it to golfing, you know, it's easier if it's fluffed up versus on the ground. But as far as putting a foreign object down and putting the ball on top of it, that's the old the old day high school kicking off a block. And that's been <laughs> – we haven't done that in many, many years. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that that plays a factor in this particular situation. I don't think he was thinking – and I don't know that. I mean, obviously, I haven't talked to him. I haven't seen any of any of that type of situation. But, you know, kickers this day and age are expected to make kicks because they're so good. And when you have a day like this, everybody wants to micromanage and wonder why. And I think, honestly, it was just first one got away from him, and then he started thinking a little bit more and a little bit more, and, and then it just escalated from there. Well, Adam, all I have to say is that, you know, I'm a far more holder. I held field goals for a Lou Groza Award winner in college. And sure. holders are the most innocent people in the world. Oh. So, uh, they're, they're the most wholesome people that I know. Oh. Need I say well, that? They're, bo- they're, the mo- they're, they're definitely the most underrated or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's a thankless job. You know, yes. you're expected to do it perfect every time. If something goes wrong, then that's the only time you get recognized is if something it's a bad hold or a, you know, you spun it wrong or you gave the kicker laces or something. I was really, really fortunate. I had, you know, good guys like yourself that, that took it very seriously. Um, one of, you know, McAfee says it all the time. He, he can't, he became my holder when he got drafted and he came. And the first thing he said to me is, Hey Adam, just so you know, I mean, I was a punter and a kicker. I've never held one day in my life. And <laughs> you want to talk about having, having, uh, <laughs> I think I, I think I threw up in my mouth there for a second thinking about, oh, my God, a guy that's never done this before is going to cut his teeth in the National Football League for me. But to his credit, I mean, he's an exceptionally good athlete, and, and I took it on myself a little bit to make sure that I threw him 500 balls every single day to – I mean, he got to the point where he probably didn't want to do it too much anymore. Like, like oh, God, I got I to gotta catch another 25 more, but – but he, you know, it's, it's one of those jobs that if, if you do a good job, you never get noticed or recognized. If you screw it up, you get noticed. Rec- kind of like a kicker, too, I guess. You know, they yep. expect you to make the kicks. And when you don't, that's the only time they want to talk about you. Now, I got to ask you about the Cowboys, uh, their perspective on things. Should you do you think they should brought in should have brought in competition um, for, for Brett Marhar after he missed those four uh, extra points? Well, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm 50, 50 on that. Cause I, I sit there and I go, if you're going to bring in competition, it's going to make it worse for him. Now he's going to be thinking even more. So if you're bringing in competition, you should replace him. And if you're not planning mm-hmm. on replacing him, if you think he's your guy moving forward, then I don't think you bring in competition. Cause the only thing that does is, 
is adds more stress and more pressure and makes him think even more about it. So I, I don't know where management and coaching staff is for the Dallas Cowboys, what they think, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's funny once you get to the playoffs, it's, it's games are tighter for the most part. They're always a little closer there. You know, one or two plays makes the difference in and out. And I say it a lot too. I said, most of the time playoff games are lost, not one. You know, you, a lot of times you, it's a negative play or something happens. It's a turnover. It's a penalty at the wrong time. And, you know, you can, you can look at one or two plays makes the difference in the outcome of the game. So, once you get to the playoffs, you want to have confidence in your players and your kicker to make sure that he's going to be fine. And, and, and obviously, if they haven't brought anybody in, they're thinking that he'll be fine, and hopefully he will. You know, I think that's, everybody has bad days. I know I have to. You know, it's just one of those days. But if you, can, if you can refocus in and get that behind you and forget about it, then, then he'll probably be just fine. So you're training Gronk for a $10 million kick for FanDuel during the Super Bowl. You're talking about getting getting ready and getting mentally ready. How are you training him to go out there and do what you did so effortlessly for a generation? Well, obviously, with last week's stuff, people can understand now that making kicks are not as easy as it looks. Uh, Gronk, I love the guy. First and foremost, he's so much fun to work with. FanDuel as well. I mean, what this this campaign has been just a dream. It's been so much fun for me to be around those guys. Rob, Rob's just this big, silly, fun-loving dude. You never know if he's serious or if he's joking around, but uh, he obviously has his fair share of Super Bowl memories, but this is going to be like no other that he's ever done before, and when he was out there, you know, he, he is a professional, though. I mean, he's sitting there really, really kind of you know, trying to figure out how to make the kick and really hanging on every word that I was talking about, even though we were having a good time. But um, I don't think it's going to be an easy thing for him, but uh, he's a professional. I- I've watched him do great things in his in his own right and a lot of different things. So I think when he steps out there on the field, I've got confidence. Uh, you know, it, he's, he's, he's representing FanDuel himself the Super Bowl, me, so he better go out there serious and ready to rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. He's got the best coach in the world. I just didn't know he had, you know, bendy enough legs and hips to do what you do. I, I'm just saying it's going to be <laughs> interesting. Bendy enough is a real, that's a very particular professional analysis to Adam. Hey, man, we appreciate your uh, your time. Kick of Destiny, FanDuel's first ever Super Bowl campaign featuring four-time Super Bowl champion, five-time NFL Pro Bowler Rob Gronkowski is going to attempt to kick a field goal during a live commercial during the Super Super Bowl to win fans who bet on the Super Bowl their share of 10 million bucks in free bets. Good Lord. Adam Vinatieri, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Good luck. Uh, we hope he does you proud. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm just picturing, you know, Gronk trying to kick a field goal and look elegant. Dude, I, I don't know. We'll see. I think, he, I think he's going to make it, man. That's a lot of pressure, but not that he's – I mean, he's faced more pressure in the Super Bowl than that. Speaking of the Cowboys, how much should one game – Change our opinion on Dak Prescott. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I'm telling you, this is a whole record full of love making bangers. It just is. This is like, this is a hibbity dibbity record if I've ever heard one in my life. You just put this record in and you're like, hey, hibbity dibbity? Fitz and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. <laughs> so sweet. Oh man. So I, tight. There's just I blame you, Harry. I blame this is gonna be in my head now for the rest of the day. This is me and my daughter's song. So we we uh dance to this song together. It's like a daddy daughter song for us. Have you ever seen Bruno Mars Live? 
No, I haven't, but my wife have. I got her tickets, uh, I think, for one of her birthday presents. She actually went down to Miami and seen them. There are very few like very few newer artists that I would say, no matter what the price of the ticket is, you you lay it down. Bruno Mars one of those. Like Bruno Mars is one that you, no matter what, you just go by the money, you, you spend the money, go see him live. It is absolutely phenomenal. Speaking of phenomenal, it was phenomenal over the weekend watching the Cowboys be the best of who they could be. But hear me out. We hear when you guys talk to us. I got a tweet after the show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, typical ESPN. You take one good moment from the Cowboys and you blow it up. And I got to thinking about that today, Harry, because there is a real question. Like, we sat there and said, oh, my God, look at Dak and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if Dak comes out this weekend, lays an absolute egg, looks terrible against a great 49ers defense, and all of a sudden we're sitting here right back where we were? Well, here's my thing. We've always judged Dak Prescott by the body of work, right or wrong, right? Going, going into this game before the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dak Prescott hadn't played his best football. But we also have seen the moments where Dak Prescott is phenomenal from the pocket, um, having uh, reading things on uh, like fairly quickly. We've seen Dak Prescott rush the football and be a factor in those regards. We've seen these things from Dak Prescott uh, before. It's just a matter of him being consistent in doing so. So I think when you look at a guy like Dak Prescott, if he goes into this football game against the San Francisco 49ers and he doesn't look as good, number one, we got to remember, the San Francisco 49ers are the number one defense in the National Football League. Um, Number two, we also have to look at what part did Kellen Moore play in that? Did he provide a similar game plan to where the offense was balanced or were they just one-dimensional? And this is the game I can fairly see Dak Prescott having to pass a lot more because of San Francisco 49ers front seven and the way they pose problems to opposing offenses. It's a game that, you know, you have Lenore, who's a guy that wasn't the starter coming into the season, is now starting for the San Francisco 49ers, and a guy that a lot of people have targeted. We've seen DK Metcalf have his way with Shavarius Ward last mm, week. Yeah. Now, Shavarius Ward for the 49ers have played decent the entire year, up until, I think, up until that game against the Seattle Seahawks where DK Metcalf was, was, a, was a man's child. So I will believe in this game when you have a team like the Dallas Cowboys who has C.D. Lamb and then everyone else is filling in, I don't see Shavarius Ward having a problem in this game, but you can attack Lenore at the other corner uh, position. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. This is the toughest part about what we do. I say this all the time, but I'll say it again. Uh, When you sit in front of a microphone every day and talk about sports, essentially you're asked to write a book report after every Mm -hmm. chapter of a book, right? So like you might be one chapter in, you're like, this book is great. And that's all you can say because that's all you know. And then you get the second chapter and you're like, the second chapter wasn't all that good. Uh, The book's okay. By the time you get to the 12th or 13th chapter, you may have a better sense of it, but you still never know. The ending of a book will always drastically change the way that you review view any book that you've read. The ending of a movie will drastically change how you feel about a movie. The ending of a football season will always drastically change the evaluation of a football season. There's no other way to do this. So sure, Dak was great. And if Dak goes out and is great against the 49ers and they lose, that's a conversation. If Dak and Kellen Moore and Quinn and McCarthy and all the questions we had going into last week, if they raise their ugly heads again and then they're awful in this game... Well, the end of the movie sucked, and all of a sudden we see the movie differently. I don't think that's unfair.
Well, I think it's the cliche, and a lot of people think it's a cliche, but this is literally how, you know, athletes and especially football players and basketball players, baseball players, you are only remembered by what you have done last. What have you done for me lately? Right? So, in Dak Prescott, what, do, what have we seen lately? We've seen him throw for over 300 yards and throw for four touchdowns and then rush for another. So, five touchdowns total. We've seen him decipher the defense and deliver the football on time uh, and in places where only his receiver or tight ends or running backs can catch the ball. So, that's what we've seen lately. Yeah, and if we see that again against 49ers, the legend will grow. If we don't, the legend will not. That's what we know. We also know that we've hit the offseason for the Packers, which means you're going to get a lot of conversation with Mayor Rogers. We've talked about that today. But there's one thing he said you haven't heard yet. Cryptic comments about Jordan Love that need to be translated. Harry's going to translate it honestly next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 